What's going on, everyone? Back again for another episode of Hockey Talk with Ryan Hawk. My guest today is a former teammate of mine, Kirk Thompson. Kirk and I met when we were in Peewee and then uh, ended up playing Bantam AAA together as well. And I was always impressed by just how much he competed, despite the fact he was a smaller goaltender. And it, so it really wasn't a surprise to me that he ended up playing in the BCHL and then later on uh, played university. And the story of how he ended up at University of Nebraska-Omaha is one of the all-time greats. And it's a, a true testament to those teams in men's league that everyone just hates. But uh, Kirk's a really humble guy, and you're going to hear in the episode, he's the all-time wins leader for the Prince George Spruce Kings, and yet he just kind of downplays it. Um, he just wrapped up a coaching role at the University of Nebraska-Omaha in 2020, and now he's on to bigger and better things. And so um, this was just a fun episode for me, guys, and thank you for, for joining us as we kind of take a walk down memory lane in this episode of Hockey Talk with Kirk Thompson. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, my guest today is a former teammate of mine, but he's also a former Prince George Spruce King and University of Nebraska Omaha goaltender, and most importantly, Cloverdale Colt, Kirk Thompson. Kirk, how you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. What's new with you these days? Uh, just uh, kind of same old here, just uh, trying to keep up with things, work and, and hockey. Just was looking at the futures on the Canucks to make the playoffs and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think uh, I think the highest I saw was plus uh, thirteen fifty, three like thirteen thousand five hundred. So I mean, not bad if uh, the Canucks can keep winning here. That's uh, so what they're calling them, the the Van COVID Canucks now. So I mean, I think the whole team went through it and should be smooth sailing from here, right? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, the better the Canucks do, that actually might be um, open some eyes to some people in Canada that COVID's not all that bad. <laughs> Oh man, I was like McDavid had it, and look at him this year. I'm like, dude, I, maybe that's the secret. Just gives you a superhuman skill. But um, we'll get into to your, you know, your junior career, your uh, your college career as well. But um, I wanted to, to actually start at the beginning for you because I I met you back. We were probably like ten years old, something like that, uh, in Pee Wee, and um, you were my, you know, the, the goalie on the team there. But were you always a goalie, or was that just kind of thrust upon you one day at practice? Yeah, uh, I obviously started as a player, but once I played goal for the first time, I it was uh, pretty much over for me after that. I think I was, I don't even know what, it, uh, probably six, seven years old, played my first game in goal, and after that, didn't really play out much afterwards. Yeah. Do you have a favorite goalie growing up? or? Uh, I mean, with uh, my name obviously being Kirk, Kirk McLean was uh, – was a guy I looked up to for sure when I was super young. And then uh, Luongo in Vancouver, I was always a pretty big Canucks fan. So yeah, uh, definitely looked up to him as well. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, then we played Bantam uh, AAA together and I was a second year. You were the first year. So that, that year was kind of like a messed up year. I, I, that pretty much killed any hockey dreams for me in, in the sense that I just didn't like what we went through that year. Uh, but I always remember you faced a lot of shots, and so uh, you're welcome because uh, I don't think you would have made it if it wasn't for us sucking as bad as we did. Um, you know, we uh, I was thinking, though, I was trying to remember, like, some of these games we get blown out, and 
Um, you were one of the only kind of shining lights on that team, and I'm not saying that to, to pump your tires too much, but truly, I mean, looking back on, on who we played with, uh, you, you took it pretty far. And so, I mean, was that like a good year in a way for you to, to see as many shots as you did and kind of give you that confidence moving forward, or did you hate us? No, I mean, I, I loved the opportunity to, uh, to definitely try to be the guy. And, um, unfortunately, or fortunately, when you're playing on a team like that, you get a lot of opportunities, uh, (laughs) to, to try to be the guy. And I had, I had an opposite experience prior to coming to Cloverdale played for Burnaby winter club, where, you know, you get 30 shutouts in a 40 game season and you face five shots each night. So, um, yeah, that that really wasn't too much fun other than, you know, get to go to some of those big tournaments and play some good teams. But 90% of the season, you're just kind of sitting in your net watching everyone else play hockey. So, <laughs> uh, Did you play with any notable guys at, uh, at Winter Club? Um, yeah, we had, we had some pretty good guys that ended up uh, moving on and, and doing well. Um, I would say... Well, Jordan Wheel, he, he wasn't a, he was a North Shore Winter Club guy who played spring hockey together. Uh, my age group, honestly, the 92s, we didn't, didn't uh, develop a, a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> 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 but uh, lots of guys went on to play in, in the WHL or pro or whatnot. Just no, no NHL superstars, really. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking back to that year uh, as well. I was going through some stuff in my storage, and I, I found this old medal. Uh, this was so we played Bantam AAA during that NA or no, the year after the NHL lockout, and SO kind of came on board, and they were trying to get like, you know, I mean the NHL was marketing the hell out of the game, right? It was they lost so many fans, and um, and I, I was digging through some stuff, and I found this old SO medal for like the most val or most uh, sportsman like player or something like that. And it reminded me of this this story about uh, or when we were sitting there at our year-end banquet. And one of the guys on the team, who I won't name names, but um, he's sitting five feet away and he looks over at another another guy and he goes, yeah, but who wants to win that pussy award? And then like three seconds later, my name gets called and I, I stood up, sit next to him. And he was just kind of like, <laughs> he was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I was like, God damn. I'm like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's how I'll be remembered, I guess. But uh that uh, that next year for you was your bantam draft year, and I'm just wondering, were you kind of scouted at all, or uh, did you get any any you know people talking to you about maybe you, whether you're going to go the college or the WHL route? Um, that year, uh, I mean, I was a shorter guy. I, I mean, I can't even remember like grade eight, grade nine. I was like five feet tall. Um, my draft year, uh, I don't know, I was maybe like five five something like that. There wasn't much of a hope of getting drafted at that point. They're definitely looking for bigger kids. Uh, ended up going to Moose Jaws camp um, as I guess looking to get listed um, after the draft, but nothing much came of it. The year after that went to uh, the Chilliwack Bruins at the time, um, their camp. And uh, that was kind of it for any uh, WHL prospects for me. Went to Prince George um, when I was 18 and um, honestly, I was just like, I was trying to make whatever junior team I could and whoever was going to give me an opportunity, I was going to go that <laughs> way. And, uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it look, was looking like it was going to go the college route, but I didn't have much choice. So, <laughs> yeah. How did you, uh, how did you end up in Prince George anyways? Was that you reaching out to them and, and trying to figure things out or did they come to you? Um, when I was playing major midget, 
um, for the Valley West Hawks, our head coach there, he was a scout for them. So I was a, a yeah, I was a third year in midget. So I was 18 years old playing midget or 17 years old playing midget still. And um, yeah, he was just kind of a guy that always had an eye for me throughout my hockey career. Uh, we crossed paths a, a few times. My dad was actually a Vancouver police officer. He was a Vancouver police officer as well. And putting a good word for me to go up to, to PG and um after probably getting cut from 15 junior teams in a row leading up to that I finally made one and hey it only takes one you just gotta make <laughs> one team so uh yeah it worked out after that yeah well I mean I was looking up that team too the first year that's pretty tough you had a, a 7 and 26 record and I mean goalie is such a mental position more than anything like what was that year like for you you know just going through uh you know a bit of a, a tough year in the in the BCHL uh, lots of experience playing on bad teams, honestly, when I was young, so it wasn't, wasn't too bad. I was like, I, I remember thinking, I'm like, why can't I ever play on a good team? Like looking at the other end, I'm like, we're getting blown out seven rip and the guy at the other end, I'm like, how come I'm never the guy getting the shutout and my team, you know, scores seven goals. But, um, you know, we actually turned it around, had a pretty competitive team, uh, the next two years, but great learning experience. Honestly, if it wasn't, such a shitty team I wouldn't have got the opportunities I did so I'm pretty thankful for that and like anything else you just got to try to make the most out of uh, a bad situation yeah I think goalies are like in a way they're like the only position where you kind of hope I guess your team sucks because you're going to see 40 shots a night and you know showcase what you have I guess yeah I mean it can go it can go the other way too (laughs) you can play on a team that sucks and if you don't if you suck too, it's a pretty, uh, pretty short uh, rope for you. And you're not playing on the team much longer. You, it, goalie is a pretty easy position to blame for just about anything. So my dad always used to say, you're either the, the champ or the chump. There's not really any, any in between. Yeah, that's true. I remember uh, actually my younger brother's friend, Jajar Kara, was, was on that team too. as like a 16-year-old. And we went to watch him play. You were in net, and I just, but you know, I always, I knew you. I didn't really know Jajar that well, and and uh, I remember Langley was was beating you guys pretty good. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, nothing's changed for Kirk. I, f- I feel so bad for the guy. <laughs> like, it's just he's got no defense. Um, I was gonna ask you what's up with the one season Prince George had this obsession with, uh, you know, brothers because I saw he had twin, a set of twins and a set of triplets. So I mean. Like, was that, that was weird. We actually, we actually had triplets, uh, twins and brother or yeah. And brothers. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, we got the, the Fitzgeralds, obviously they're, um, pretty, pretty well known in the hockey community and the BCHL. They went on to great careers and, um, we had the Chore brothers, and then I can't the, the twins. They actually, the I think, McAfee's. Was, yeah, the McAfee's. Yeah, um, they were both. I think they were like sixteen-year-olds at the time. But yeah, it was a pretty crazy situation. But um, I don't know. It was just more than anything. It was tough to remember everyone's names because uh, <laughs> that was uh, yeah. I mean, the uh, the Chores they um, they weren't twins, but or they I think they were twins. I can't even remember. God, there was a lot. Ev- everyone, everyone looked the exact same, pretty much, <laughs> except for Miles Fitzgerald. He was he was the smaller of the triplets, so he was like the one that you could pick out. 
<laughs> out of all the brothers on the team. So, yeah. What um, I mean, the the two years after that first year, the team had winning records, or you had winning records, anyways. And so, uh, what was the change there? Like, was it more developmental style, or, or just the team got better? Like, what happened in in that situation? Yeah, the culture changed a lot. There was a coaching change. Uh, my first first year there, we started off the season with Ed Dempsey, and the guy was just uh, absolute fossil, old school. Won a couple of Memorial Cups. Um, and uh oh god he was he was the funniest coach of all time but uh unfortunately he didn't last very long we brought in uh, uh dave dupas halfway through that that first year and he did a lot changing the culture there just bringing in guys uh, uh that were young uh wanted to win and and the gm there ozzy he uh he's a pretty intense guy and he didn't he didn't want to be associated with a losing team for much longer so we went through a lot of players, um, but we definitely kept the guys that uh, contributed to the culture and turned uh, turned the ship around pretty quickly, actually. Um, you're the all-time leader in wins for that franchise as well. Have they done anything like Ring of Honor type stuff or build a statue for you, you know, re- rename the town? I don't know. What are the, what? No, I don't even know how where you picked that up from, but um, yeah, I I keep in touch with them. That's about it. There's uh, nothing else, uh, nothing else too crazy about it. I'm sure there, I don't think it was really too many wins. So I'm surprised nobody's, <laughs> nobody's <laughs> broken the record. They've actually had a pretty good team since I left. So I guess the, I was there for three years. So I got to build up some wins, whereas the other guys are just really good and move on after a year. So that record might be safe as long as they are, are competitive. Yeah, there you go. Um, I remember last year we talked, I was working on a, a different podcast. You, you shared the story of how you ended up in uh, University of Omaha, Nebraska. And, um, you know, this is a new show, new listenership. We, uh, you got to tell the story again, because it's actually one of the funniest things I've ever heard, considering this is what every beer league player hates is the team that brings in the ringer. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it's a hell of a story. So I was, I had just finished up my 20 year old year um with uh with pg and um was committed to aic at the time uh you're i wouldn't be surprised if your listeners have never heard of that university because i hadn't either and clearly nobody on the beer league team i was playing on had heard of it so anyways uh i'd always go play for the the ashl teams whoever needed a goalie at uh at langley twin ranks there and uh it was kind of funny like one team would pick me up and then that team would get pissed off that we'd play against cause we'd win. And then I'd play for that team the next time, whoever needed me. And then we got the playoffs and there was this one team in the league called first class and everyone hated them. Like these guys were savages. They just, they'd never lost. They'd bring in whoever they needed to do to win. Uh, they didn't shake hands with anybody after the game. They would just skate off the ice. The rule was they'll only shake hands with any team that can beat them, but nobody can beat them. So they never shook hands with anyone. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we played them in playoffs. Uh, some team called me up, played, played against first class, and we almost beat them. We were real close. It was the closest they'd been to losing in a while. So then they called me up. They're like, hey, we got the championship game on like Monday. You want to play for us? And I was like, sure, I guess. Yeah, can't beat them, join them. So played. we ended up winning uh, the Langley League or whatever. Then they're like, okay, we're going to bring you out to Calgary. 
I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I mean, not, I was also like, I don't really want to go play in a beer league tournament in Calgary. Like, no, we'll, we'll pay for your flight. We'll pay for your hotel food. Everything's on us. You just got to make it out there. I'm like, eh, all right. sounds like a good time. These guys like to, you know, have a couple of beers in the locker room afterward, whatnot. Anyways, uh, it's about a week, two weeks before the tournament. And, uh, I, had told one of the assistant coaches at AIC that I was going to go play for first class. And he was a little like, yeah, I don't know. I got to talk to compliance. You know, you probably shouldn't be playing in a tournament. Like um, your eligibility could, you know, come in question and whatnot, if there's prizes. So I'm like, oh, okay. He gets back to me. He's like, Hey, you can't play in the tournament. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll tell the first class guys, they, they got to find another goalie. I told them they got to go find another goalie and uh, just like anything, they don't take no for an answer. So uh, they actually, they were getting on the horn with the university, calling the compliance officer. They had the chancellor involved, got a written statement saying that I could play in the tournament. I was like, (laughs) wow. I'm like, that's unbelievable. So anyways, AIC is cool with that. I tell AIC, I'm like, Hey, you want me to sign a letter of intent here or something? You know, it's a signing period. And, uh, like no no Kirk you're good you're good I don't know if they thought that I just had no hope of going anywhere else or what but um anyways I went to the tournament and uh we're having a great time you know boys are going out every night whatnot but it was funny because if we had a like a big game that we it was going to be close the next day they would tell me like Kirk you got you got to go back to sleep like you're on scholarship at the you're on scholarship at this tournament we're the ones paying for it so you got to deliver I'm like "Ah." All right, I'll go back to the hotel. So anyways, uh, we ended up working our way through the tournament and uh, they had a couple of alums on the team from University of Nebraska, Omaha. And they're like, hey, you know, we really want to win this thing. Clearly, they'd flown in guys from all over the country. Um, so if, you know, if you pull it off with us here, we'll put in a good word for you at University of Nebraska, Omaha. I'm like, oh, that would be cool. But I'm like, I'm already committed to AIC. They're like, never even fucking heard of that school <laughs> i'm like it's d1 they're like well, trust me you don't want to go there nobody's nobody's ever come out of that school i'm like ah. all right we'll see what happens anyways playing the finals against some team from toronto that had done the same thing as us flown in kids from all over and uh we end up beating them one nothing in overtime just an iconic moment uh yeah. we score in overtime puck gets stuck in the net it was it was sweet so anyways, we have a big party, everything after. Don't think of any, anything of it back home and uh, get CC'd on an email from one of the alums from UNO. And it's to the now associate athletic director at, at UNO, but the former head coach who oversees, you know, oversees hockey. And uh, it's, hey, you know, we got this kid. He helped us win a beer league tournament. He's awesome, blah, blah, blah. Great guy. I'm like, the whole thing is like underlined in red. There's no grammar in this email at all. Of course, yeah. I, at this point in my career, I've emailed all 50 Division One schools with highlight reels, all this stuff, never hear anything back. And sure enough, like next day after this email, I get a call from the assistant coach at UNO and he's like, hey, so uh, we got a referral um, on you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that referral. Okay. Severely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we actually, we, uh, if you're interested in decommitting from AIC, we'd like to, you know, match your scholarship and take you on. I was like, it, like, it's that like easy. That. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'll make a couple of calls, uh, call AIC. They were kicking themselves for not le- not making me sign that letter of intent. And uh, yeah, the rest was history. I ended up uh, going to Omaha, no visit, no nothing. Just showed up with a suitcase co- a couple of weeks later. And uh, yeah, just big leap of faith and things worked out. <laughs> I know. I'm just thinking like this guy's email, he says underlined in red. It's like, you know, a seven-year-old wrote it or something like that. And it just, I could just picture the coach like reading that. He's like, yeah, that's one of our guys. Yep. It's one of our players. This isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what it says for the, uh, the university itself academically that, uh, that the player had a, a poorly written email, but, um, that's pretty funny, man. And it is, it's like one of those just leap of faith moments, like you said, fine line. And did you know anything about Nebraska prior to that? Like, had you ever even found it on a map or? Uh, you know, to be honest, didn't know whether Omaha was the city or the state, um, (laughs) thought I was probably going to university of Nebraska Lincoln, which is the one with the big football team here. Uh, so I was a little startled when I showed up and I was going to like this other one. I'm like, Omaha, (laughs) I thought I was going to, I was going to be like Oscar or something, but, uh, no, that happened. I remember it happened all so quickly that I got a call from the equipment manager and he's like, uh, so what number do you want to be? I'm like, uh, 29, 29 work like that number. And he's like, no, it's taken, it's taken. I'm like taken. Uh. And he's like, Oh, nope. Just opened up, just opened up. And then I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't know. So I go look on the website. I'm like, they got three goalies already. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm like, did I just commit to be the fourth goalie? (laughs) (laughs) I probably should have read the roster before I said, yeah, yeah, I jumped on the plane. Exactly. Yeah, I just didn't do my homework. And then, uh, but it turns out that the 29 just came free because I just let a guy go who was actually Ed Belfour's kid um, rocking my number 29 before me. So he he got let go. I took a spot and um, yeah. I don't know. Ended up being 29. It was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, And there was only three goalies on the team. So that was, that was a bonus. Yeah. So I was going to ask you then, like, how's that, how's that experience then for you? Um, You know, just some guys that I've talked to that have gone through, whether it's junior or, or NCAA or anything like that. It's like when you're like the freshman, you're, you're the new guy coming in. Um, Sometimes there's a little bit of politics involved where a guy who's been there a couple of years already, gets you know the starting job if they're a goalie or, or maybe uh you know if they're a defenseman you got you know the guy that's been there a couple of years is usually getting the top pairing was there anything like that or did you come into camp fresh slate everyone's fighting for their ice yeah no it, it honestly it's pretty dependent on your uh, your coaching staff and the culture and the way they want to roll but for me it was fresh slate got to play you know I think second game of the season I got to play my first game got a win against uh, Bentley and um, got every opportunity after that. I could never complain that I didn't get opportunities in college. Um, I mean, coming in as a freshman, it's probably pretty similar to being a rookie in junior hockey. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's super fun, though. I would say it's a lot more fun than junior hockey. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, in terms of the pecking order, there's definitely – it's instilled in college hockey. You definitely respect your upperclassmen, and they – kind of lay out the rules and, and whatnot. But um, in terms of that's more so off the ice, I would say, you know, they, they're the leadership group, but on the ice, it's, you know, you're playing to win best, whoever's kicking, whoever gives you, gives you the best chance to win is going to play. So. Yeah. 
where does uh, or I guess how does um, that university stack up in the grand picture of things? Like I have no clue uh, about college hockey in the states, but I was looking at that roster that first year. I mean, you have uh, Josh Archibald led the team in scoring. He's got over 200 NHL games. Uh, Jake Ensel was there as well. You know, I know he's he's from there, but you know that's a 40 goal scorer in the NHL now. Um, was that just a, a good team, or, or was it? Uh, or is that university you know pretty highly touted in the, in the grand picture? Yeah, no, I mean there is there is a reason why it was such a no brainer for me to switch to to UNO from AIC, just because it's it's the real deal. It's a hockey school. We play in the best conference in college hockey the NCHC with North Dakota and Minnesota Duluth, St. Cloud, Denver. I think uh, actually my first year at UNO was the first year of that conference uh, being formed in the NCAA. And since then, I think, I don't even know how many years it's been, probably seven, eight years. The NCHC has won the national title 90% of the time. Um and I'm sure, as you guys are aware, in, in Vancouver, some, I mean, there's been a few players come right out of the NCHC making impacts on the Canucks lineup, whether it's, you know, Brock Besser, Stetcher, um, whoever else. It's a, they kind of say usually that the NCHC is the third best league in North America. Um, you got the NHL, the American League, and then the most guys that are jumping up to the NHL aside from the American League are from the, the NCHC. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty serious, every school in it, you're not allowed in the conference if you're not a hockey school. So you'd see some of the other um, bigger name hockey school or hockey programs that are really football schools that are in maybe the Big Ten conference and whatnot. Um, but every every school in the NCHC, their primary sport, they eat, sleep, and breathe hockey. So, Who was the toughest guy you ever had to face uh, in that? Uh, you know Brock Besser, he did chase me from the net a couple times, uh, but uh, I, I couldn't even tell you how many guys have beat me um, <laughs> that are making names for themselves in the NHL right now. There's a reason why those guys make it. They're pretty good. But, uh, yeah, he's the first one that definitely comes to mind. Yeah. So is it, like, a little bit tough for you uh, now that he's on your favorite team to, to kind of, like, look back on those days? or just uh, no You know no, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I, I cheer for him, you know, it makes it easier on me. So uh, I got a nice picture of him scoring on me too. So keep oh, that in, uh, keep that in my back pocket, get it framed one day. Yeah. You should reach out, see if he'll sign it for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you say to, to anyone listening who is, you know, on the fence of whether or not they're going to try to play major junior versus going the college route? Um, I mean, I, I've spoken with so many guys that went the major junior route and I, I don't know if you, how often you listen to spit and chicklets, but they had a really good uh, episode with the coach who uh, won the national championship with UMass Amherst. And he kind of alluded to it. And there, you overhear a lot of discussions between major junior guys and college guys on their experience and whatnot. And the consensus 99% of the time is the major junior guys are wishing they, they had that college experience because it's, it's so much more than just hockey. You get four years of, um, you know, learning to be an adult and, you know, really bonding with guys that you live with. There's, I mean, there's not trades, you know, you're with those yeah. guys, your classmen for four years. Um, and it's a, it's just such a different bond than you'd see anywhere else. Uh, the resources are on another level. 
Um, you know, you think of the, you know, the WHL as being a great league and having a lot of resources, but it's not even comparable what you see in some of the really good hockey schools here. I mean, you got, um, you like, just for example, with UNO here, by no means are we, um, as established as of a hockey program as, as some of the big names in college hockey. But here, you know, we play in a hundred million dollar rink. You get catered meals before and after every ice time. You got tutors. You got, I mean, you you name the piece of equipment you want, you got it. Um, it's 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 almost pretty much like an unlimited budget. Um, and you yeah. really it it's a shame almost that so many Canadians don't don't get to experience that um, and we're seeing more and more now guys from college hockey making impacts in the NHL because of it so well and I mean there has been that shift I know uh, up in Prince George that one year you had Brad Rahella as your assistant coach and you know I've talked to him he's he's now an assistant coach uh, in Chilliwack I think and yeah but he, he's talked about that and it, he, you're right because I mean even when you and I were 14 15 like I was just you know my bantam second year bantam I was like WHL like I hope I can get drafted to the WHL that's all you know that's all anyone yeah. tells you you're just so. you're kind of uneducated and I was lucky enough that I kind of just stumbled into it but uh yeah I mean now in retrospect it, it's not it shouldn't even be a choice unless you're you know Connor McDavid and you know you're gonna be the first <laughs> overall pick and you're looking for the the quickest path possible to the NHL you know then it probably makes sense but for 90% of the other guys out there that got a shot, um, you might as, hey, and you get a degree out of it, you know? I mean, yeah. it's paid for. Um, there's just so many, so many bonuses that um, you, you can't even compare it to Major Junior. Yeah, because I know I was going to say that Sean Bell uh, was on the show, uh, second episode, right? And he, you know, he was an 03 first round pick and everything. And I asked him, like, did you when you were 15, were you kind of given that option? And he goes like, no, like we didn't even really know what the NCAA or anything like that was, was like. And do you think it comes down to just, I, I, I use the term marketing, I guess, for lack of a better word, but is it just cause the, the U S college, uh, they don't really market up to these Canadian junior or, you know, Canadian kids or. Yeah. It's, it's changing a lot now. They're the NCAA is making a pretty big effort to, um, recruit kids from all over, whether it be Canada or Europe or um, even non, it, it, I mean, college hockey primarily used to just be players from Minnesota, Michigan, yeah. uh, the Northeast. That was it. I mean, now, nowadays a lot, I mean, you got college hockey players from California, from Texas, from um, Arizona. Like it's, it's, the landscape of hockey in the States has changed so much. It's kind of remolded college hockey and elevate it to the next level. And, um, you know, one thing that's really changed things as well is just the accessibility of recruiting. Yeah. Um, I mean, with video, it used to be, I would talk about this with our coaching staff here all the time. It used to be that you could go and find hidden gems and, you know, places that nobody scouted. There's no such thing as hidden gems anymore with the internet. There's video on every kid in a yeah. database, you know? So it's, it's just changed so much. Yeah. What's next for you, man? Are you going to be uh, sticking around the game in some capacity or is it time to move on? 
Um, you know, in terms of coaching, it's something that I, I enjoy a lot. It's definitely a passion of mine, unfortunately. Um, you know, you got to grow up at some point. (laughs) Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. There's only so many hours in the day. Right. And, um, as I become busier and busier with some of the businesses that I'm involved in, um, can't justify that, but by no means is that the end of hockey for me. I still play uh, beer league all the time and whatnot and we have a really cool alumni group that's one of the nice things about college too is uh, I mean I live in Omaha Nebraska not known uh, really as a hockey hotbed but we got you know 50 60 alumni that live in town here all work here we all play um, you know beer league we go for beers probably half of them are Canadian it's um, you know we don't we all moved here to play hockey. We don't have families here. So everyone kind of became everyone's family and, and whatnot. It's, so it's, it's a really cool culture that we have after when you're done playing that you're kind of still involved and you feel like you're still on a team and you still got the boys. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Hey, this has been, uh, it's been great. I'm glad we got a chance to connect. I'm, I appreciate you taking the time to do this too. Cause I know, uh, where you are, um, you know, you're a busy man and, um, I just hope you and your fiance are still staying healthy and, everything you're kind of in a better spot I think where you are now compared to where I am so I'm, I'm a little bit envious of that but uh but uh you know again just appreciate you taking the time man yeah no thanks for having me anytime uh love throwing around the old stories and even uh, going all the way back to the Cloverdale days those you you don't <laughs> thinking back you know or actually at the time you're like man you know this is a grind when not the team suck but looking back you're like man those were the best days you know <laughs> life was so simple then so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no if you're ever uh ever kicking through uh omaha here you definitely uh you gotta hit me up we'll go for a beer COVID or not bars are open here hey man I, that's what i said to you before we got going i said hey there's been times the more things uh tighten up around here i'm looking at certain states going hey i wonder you know i'm single too so i don't know what the the girls look like back and they're down in omaha but uh i might have to make it make it work so yeah no not the worst (laughs) that's good yeah awesome bud well i appreciate it all right nice chatting have a good one cheer in thanks again to kurt for coming on the show and uh, to you for listening as always guys make sure to rate share and subscribe on whichever platform you listen to and connect with me on instagram at hockey talk podcast got some great things in the works coming up here over the next few weeks guys so stay tuned we'll see you next week